Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. We are proudly brought to you by Simple Rituals Skincare. Angela, all my love goes out to you. Actually, it was Angela that introduced me to this book called The Places That Scare You. And in the book, there's this concept called, okay, I'm going to, I'm likely going to pronounce it wrong, but the way that it reads, the way I read it in my head is bodhicitta. And it's this, it's a Buddhist term. And the translation is apparently quite tricky, but the idea is that uh, you take the difficult times in your life, you take the pain from your life, and instead of allowing it to harden your heart, it actually softens your heart and creates more compassion. And it makes it so that you have this place that you can use to uh, connect with other people and be softer with them and understand their pain. And uh, so before I go in more to that, I just want to say, check out Simple Ritual Skincare. (laughs) simplerituals.ca. I forgot to say that earlier. Um, yeah. And Angela, she's a dear friend. And so I read through this book and I found that, um, I've just been referring back to it so much with different things that I've been dealing with. And over the past few days, I've been dealing with, um, just dealing with past abuse And it's been an extremely painful process because I'm thinking about these people that have hurt me in the past. And, um, and I'm, it's been an interesting process because oddly enough, I don't feel hatred towards these people. I actually, I find that I'm able to produce more compassion for them because I'm just, I'm realizing that Sure, in that in that time I was a victim, but I've also been the victimizer. And so it's just it's important to understand that I'm not always innocent. And I would hope that somebody else would be able to show me compassion with things that I've done that I wish I hadn't. And so it's been an opportunity for me to show compassion for these people because they are hurting or they've been hurt just like I've been hurt. So it's been... Uh, a healing process. Definitely. It's been incredibly painful and pretty awful at some points, but, um, it's been pretty good. And I talked a little bit about that in this coming, in this episode. Um, so I got to sit down with Nadia and we talked about acupuncture and also depression and anxiety, how it can actually help with those things. Then we talked about her life, some of the struggles that she's been through and how acupuncture has helped her through a lot of that or, and also how she has arrived to the point that she is at in her life. It's a fascinating story. Um, so also I should let you know that for the first time we, uh, experienced technical difficulties, uh, with the audio actually. And thanks to Robin Vargas, he came and he actually helped save the track that we had. And so it's not nearly as bad as it was when we first started to listen back to it. But uh, it's still a little like you can tell there's something that's just off from what the usual is. And so I'm just asking that you please bear with me, bear with us. And uh, I think like the the content of the podcast is totally worth it. So just uh, have a listen. And uh, I always want to hear back. I want to hear what you think. And so uh, you can always reach reach me through Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm optimistically depressed, or you can reach me through Instagram. I honestly check Instagram more often, so that's at optimistically depressed. You can also email me optimistically depressed eighty six at gmail dot com, um, and you can go to my website optimistically depressed dot com. And I love to hear your stories. And not every story that I hear, I, I don't have to share every story. I really just want to help create a community where we can be become free of our shame, become free of the past hurt and pain and 
I, if there is any way that I can help do that, I want to do that. So please don't hesitate to get in touch with me. And of course, if you do want to be on the podcast, please do. Um, a lot of people, most if not all people have said that it's been a healing experience for them just being on the show. And you being on the show helps other people know that they're not alone. So it's really important. And if you want to help me with this, then um, definitely come and join me in this community and in this journey. And with that, I'm very excited to introduce to you Nadia. Doing good today. Yeah. Yes. So you're saying that you were you had a full day. A full day today. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you like having a busy like a busier pace? I I like it when I know that I have like some days off in between as well. I don't. Yeah. I I it, it like it drives me. Yes. Yeah. But I like to keep it balanced because I like my me time as well. Yes. It's important. It's <laughs> so important. Absolutely. I'm figuring that out. Like. I, yeah, I've been working more to try to figure that out because I've added more things to my plate to do. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm trying, like now I really have to schedule in time off. Yes, I do. I schedule naps. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing that a couple of months ago because like, like I, I have a very busy schedule and it was starting to keep like to make me a little bit anxious to look at my week that was coming up. And I was like, okay, I need time for me here. Yeah. So instead of booking an appointment or booking like something to do, I would book like from three to four. I'm napping today. Oh, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> and I then I can do that. so much more. So like it's win-win really instead of like trying to get through the day or like. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's such a good idea. I've been accidentally napping. <laughs> Is that napping or passing out? <laughs> <laughs> Probably passing out. <laughs> you sit on the couch and then you're just like, open your eyes again. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> that was good. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, I'm here with Nadia. Did Hi. I pronounce your name properly? Yes, Nadia. Yes. And we met a few weeks ago at yes. a Halifax social network event. Nadia spoke at it. Yes, I did. I was very stressed about it, but it went really well. It so went really well. I really liked it. Like yeah. everyone made me feel so welcome and the ambiance was great. And like once started, like people started responding and laughing and we were, I don't know, it felt like I was in my kitchen just talking to my friends. Doesn't, yeah. It did. It really did. That's so, I know, right? It totally, they have that, like that feel. It's so, mm-hmm. such a great community. It is. Uh, yeah. Anyone that's like afraid of like talking or want to tell their story and don't know kind of where to go, I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yes. Yeah. And so you grew up in New Brunswick. I did. I grew up in a small town called Karakat in New Brunswick. Okay. It's about five hours from here. It's northeast. It's by the ocean. So basically, if you drive from here, everyone kind of knows Moncton. So you go to Moncton and then you can continue going up to Miramichi. And then from there, an hour and a half, you continue driving basically until you hit the ocean. And then I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really cool. That's why I love it here. There's the ocean as well. Yeah. It makes me miss it less. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. How long have you been away from home? Um, well, this time around three years. I've moved to Halifax three years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like this might be a place that you want to like stay for a while? This is definitely a place I want to stay for a while. Like, Yes, absolutely. This is like, I was not sure when I moved because I moved to study. But mm-hmm. now that I'm here and starting my practice and all that. Yeah, I can see my my life here. Like, yeah, I say that and I'm like, woohoo. Yes, I do. I want to I want to stay here like forever. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I had the same kind of thing happen. It took me a couple of years of being here and then and then I was like, I just want to stay here. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm saying goodbye to Karaket though, cuz I love uh, the place where I'm from and I'm yeah. planning to actually visit and practice there one week every 4 to 5 weeks all oh, year cool. round. Oh, wow. Yes, because my family's still there. My parents are there. My sister's there. Yeah. So I want to visit them often, and I wanted to make it a way that I could actually afford it, one, and, like, Mm. 
I don't know, give back to my community as well, because there's not a lot of acupuncturists, I'm an acupuncturist where I'm from, so I wanted to do that as well. So for fun, I posted on Facebook during Christmas time, anyone would like an acupuncture one week, every five, six weeks in Karaket, and a clinic approached me, and they offered me a position every five weeks. Wow. I'm going to go there like, oh, and wow. practice and then come here, and this is going to be my main home, but I'll, at least I'll visit my family and friends. That's so cool. <laughs> so, it's like I the best of that. both worlds, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And so what, uh, I know that you covered this in the Halifax Social Network, but yeah. um, for the listeners of Optimistically Depressed, what got you into acupuncture? Acupuncture. I have a hard time saying it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've always, it's always been a dream of mine since I was like probably a teenager. I wanted to be an acupuncturist, but 20 years ago when I was a teenager, it's already, it's just up and coming now, but 20 years ago, it was still, it was almost like a woohoo medicine. And yeah. like, I did not have the guts, to be honest, to pursue mm. that route. So I, I went and did a bachelor degree in business, like all my friends did. I followed my friends. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like I excelled in it and I worked in that field for many years. Mm-hmm. But that thought was always in the back of my mind. Like, I wish I could do it. But like, as I grew older and... It's harder to leave what you already know in your routine and yeah. your life to do something else. But yeah, I did. I did. And now I, I am, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much admiration for that. <laughs> like I, that's something that I'm currently working on doing more. Yay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's scary. It is. It's so scary. But at the same time, it kind of wakes up the child in you that's like, Ooh, I'm about to do something scary, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how I felt. So I was like, okay, I got to do this. Yeah, oh, so. that's so inspiring. <laughs> I love it. And so what was it like? Was there a certain point where it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, now. like I, I told a bit of my story when I was at the Alifax Social Network. So I was, I was doing great in my life. Like I had a great job, great career and all that stuff. And I became very sick about, I don't know, five, six years ago. I don't know the exact date. I'm not good with dates and stuff. (laughs) I I forget birthdays. I forget. (laughs) Anyways, it's like about seven years ago, I became very sick. Um, My brain swell and my optic nerve swell, and I lost part of my eyesight for almost two years. Oh, Um, my goodness. Yeah, it was a very long time uh, being half blind, I guess. Um, wow. it's, it all started, it, I, no one really knows what happened even to this day. Like they can't really explain what happened. They think it might be side effect for something uh, like a birth control pill I was in, or I don't know what else, but there was a blood clot in my brain. And, uh, one night I was reading at home. I was alone. I was just reading and I felt like I could not see the pages right when I was reading. So I was like, okay, I might be tired. It was a long day. I was outside all day. And then I started reading again. And there was something not going good. And prior to that, many months before that, I started being way more anxious than usual. So um, I was already like kind of anxious person growing up. And, but I was like okay with it. Like I had lived a normal life. I always had this level of anxiety. But I remember about six months prior, my anxiety went through the roof. And I was like, this something wrong there's it's like my brain would not shut off in like like not a crazy way but almost like it was almost yelling in my mind yeah and I went to see my doctor and I said I'm so stressed like there's something going on in my brain and as everyone these days was like oh it's fine you're probably just working too much I'm gonna give you relaxation pills or whatever and you take that you don't feel fine and I was like I know I'm usually stressed, but this is something more like this. There's something happening that's, but whatever. So I just took those pills mm-hmm. and, and then my brain swells six months down the road. So now I'm probably thinking, and they probably think too, that it started when the anxiety hit through the roof, the swelling was happening. Something mm-hmm. was starting to change in that brain of mine, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, so I lost my, that night when I was reading, then I started closing one eye and the other to see, like, which one was kind of weird. And then when I closed my left eye, I could not see the book from my right eye. And I was like, oh, God. And I was like, it was like midnight. I was alone reading. So oh um, 
I call one of my good friends. She's an optometrist. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, usually, I should have called probably 911, but... Yeah. I called, <laughs> called my, my friend. She's an optometrist. I called her on her cell at, like, midnight. And I was like, um, I can't see from my right eye. And she was like, um, if you want to come to the clinic now, I'll meet you there. Like, get someone to drive you, and, like, we'll meet you there. So she met me there. She gave me some... Um, she took some pictures of my eyes and they saw already that my optic nerve was smashed almost. It looked like, you know, like a, um, like an egg that's been smashed. Like yeah. it looked like a crap. Anyways. <laughs> so the crap. next, it was like midnight. So they called the ophthalmologist at the hospital. And that by that morning at 6 a.m., they had me in for an, um, an MRI and a CAT scan and all that stuff and blood tests and because they were looking at first for a brain tumor mm-hmm. or uh, MS. That was kind of the two options that they think that they thought first. So that day was very scary. Yeah. I, while I was in the machine, I was in the scan thing, the scanning machine for almost two hours. And oh, I'm claustrophobic, so it was really hard. But at the same time, during that time, I was like, okay, so if I die, would I want to die from MS or from a brain tumor? Like That oh was kind gosh. of the thought that was going on. Yeah. And I was like, maybe brain tumor would be faster. Like, uh, oh, anyway, that was not a good time. No. And then they discovered the blood clot and they made, they put me on a thinning medication. Uh-huh. And I did not work for two years. And I started meditating a lot because when I meditated, I could close my eyes and not feel that I was blind or going blind. Right. So it made me feel like relaxed. When I, like, when I woke, when I dreamed that night or when I closed my eyes, it made me feel more relaxed because... I did not see that I was going blind. Yeah. So during those two years, I thought about what I wanted to do with my life, um, what I always wanted to do and not did, and all all those stuff, all the kind of thought that you're like, I made, I faced death because like they didn't know if the blood clot could burst at any time or, so every night I did not know if I would kind of wake up the morning after, and it was living with the bomb in my brain for like two years basically. It was very, very scary. And then I started doing like, you know what? I'm going to start dreaming again and like live my best life and try to do my things. And so I I thought about acupuncture again. And I actually saw an acupuncturist while I was sick to uh, make me more peaceful, basically, because it was really, I thought I was stressed before. Then I was stressed when that (laughs) happened. (laughs) Oh, my God. But the anxiety was way less. It was more like, um, I don't know, like it, it was a weird feeling. Anyway, so I saw an acupuncturist and it, that really helped me. And I was like, if I ever come out of it, I remember putting like a, a vision board in front of me and I would try to look at it with my uh, one eye left. And, oh um, and that I was going to, like the doctor was saying, the, the one is pretty much like going gone but this one seems like it's swelling as well so it might go as well and that was like I was looking at like my friends I was looking at them more you know because maybe I would not see them again like and looking at myself in the mirror and oh my god I'm just anyways. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah anyways so I said to myself if I'm ever getting out of this I'm starting over like I want to do fun things I want to do what I want to do I want to be myself, a hundred percent myself. I want to wear what I want to wear when I want to wear it. I want to say what I want to say. Like, and acupuncture was always in my mind. And I, I told myself like, or the universe or whatever is out there. Like I started doing like trading or like trying to negotiate. Okay. So if I live, so yeah. I'm going to promise I'm going to do this. Maybe it's going to make me live. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. when you're like kind of desperate, you know? Mm. And one of them was like, I promise if I'm better, I'm going to quit my job, quit everything and become an acupuncturist. So a couple of years later, like I was always getting texted and all of a sudden the blood clot went away. My swelling started to reduce and all that stuff. And then I got there. One day I went to see a neurologist and he was like, everything is clear. And I'm like, you're, you're good to go. I came out of there and I was like... I was kind of in shock, like almost the same kind of shock when they announced me that I was like maybe had a brain tumor. It was kind of the same shock. I, I was speechless. And I think I cried for like 24 hours, but not because I was sad, but because everything came out. I don't know, like the weight of everything. And yeah. Anyways, 
And then the week after, I was like, well, I guess I need to quit everything now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez, no, no. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, it was a deal. I need to get my part of the deal done now. Like, because I was almost like, <clears throat> what is the word? Like, uh, um, superstitious about Super- it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I got to do it now. So I actually applied to College of uh, Traditional Chinese Medicine here in Bedford got in and I quit my job over there and I moved here and yeah I just graduated a couple of months ago and I opened my practice last month whoa yeah I'm like it's kind of full circle now yeah (laughs) that's amazing yeah so that's my story I guess in the in a little nutshell in a little nutshell Mm -hmm. whoa so then I like I have so many questions. I don't know where to start. <laughs> um, okay, have you done acupuncture on yourself? Yeah, a lot. Um, I'm actually afraid of needles, like not needles, not acupuncture needle. I'm afraid of like when I go for a blood test, I still cannot look like at the blood coming out and all that stuff. Like I, I get sweaty palms and all that. I'm still very afraid of that, but I do it anyway because you have to. Um, but yes, I do practice on myself. Obviously I don't needle my back or stuff like that. (laughs) That would be a bit hard, but yes, I do points on myself a lot. Uh, During school, we practice on each other in class. Okay. Whoa. So we do practice on each other and I've tried every point that I could think of basically in class, but Mm -hmm. on me, yes. Sometimes I'll watch TV at night and I'll give myself a little treatment. (laughs) <laughs> i want i want to get a treatment by i i said that before yeah. and I, I still like i do yeah it's optimal <laughs> to like... have it from someone else because like uh you can more it's more like an exchange you can relax while someone else is doing something and you don't have to think compared to if i do it myself but right. still you can i know i did i do give myself some acupuncture treatment time to time yes and what so then what things can you treat with acupuncture everything and anything you can think of like acupuncture right now i feel it's really well known for body pain and management of pain and any body aches right um like sciatica back pain all that stuff but you can also treat the common cold allergies like the whole array of like diseases you can treat with acupuncture because in china if you go you have like the typical Western medicine doctor, and you also have hospital where it's like acupuncturist, and you can choose which side to go, kind of. And you can treat high blood pressure. You can treat, um, you can treat everything, emotional anxiety, like that really, really helped me. Depression, PTSD, looping thoughts like OCD, um, any mental aspect of it is really, really fascinating to me. Um, I treated someone for emotional aspect last week, and they were asking me, how do I know if it works? I said, it's different than a shoulder or something, because if I treat your shoulder, you can actually see it physically. Oh, it moves more. It has a better range of motion. You can feel the pain is lessened. But with the mind, mm-hmm. treating the mind, it's the patient is the only person that knows if it's working or not. I cannot read your mind. Right. I don't know if you're better, like, yeah. but the person will will know. So they actually wrote back to me two, three days after the treatment saying, I have not had looping thoughts in my mind, like the, like the, always like the kind of like the, the disc playing in over and over or the stressful thought playing in over. And they were calmer like the past three days and they were sleeping better. So they were like that did something i don't know where it did but it did like the mind is not going as fast as it used to that is astounding this is really cool and even dreams like vivid dreams like some people came to see me too because they had vivid dreams that would wake them up um so the day after first of all they slept through the night and they did not dream at all it was the first time in years that they did not dream for a good way like sometimes they say did not dream it's kind of sad but they could have an actual restful sleep and right. not wake up from it. So we were joking about, yeah, I kill dreams now. Come <laughs> 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 Nadia, I kill your dreams. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so, yeah, the whole emotional and physical, and you can treat more than one thing at one time. So if you're coming for, let's say, a bad knee, oh, and at the same time, um, you have bad digestion or you're having night sweat or you're having... 
I don't know, anxiety, depression, or I can treat the knee and the mind, or like the, the elbow and the bad dreams, or like the infertility and the, I don't know, like anything you can think of, really. That's really cool. That's why I really love that that medicine. It's really awesome. That's amazing. And how long do the effects of a treatment last? It depends on everyone. Yeah. Um, usually, it, you have like a high when you come out of an acupuncture session that you feel like awesome for three, four, five days. Okay. Physical pain, it depends. Sometimes um, the day after the pain will be worse. And I tell them that so they don't freak out when it happens. Sometimes the pain will be worse before it gets better. Okay. So uh, the day after it's going to be a bit intensified because I, I feel like the pain is kind of coming out all at once. And then it, it, it dies down very more. Um, so I treated people with like, sciatica problems it took a couple of treatments and then they were feeling better and we extend accordingly so if the first treatment you feel better for four or five days then we'll book the next week but then the next week if you feel better for two weeks we'll extend to two and then we'll work with your body basically to see how far we can extend the pain-free period or the feeling good period and eventually hopefully good for for a while like forever or for a while at least okay yeah that is like, that's so fascinating. I just don't know so much. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Even though I studied a lot, I feel like it's a 3000 year old medicine. So there's no way in my own lifetime that I'll be able to read every book that's been written on it. Um, but it's fascinating and there's so much you can do with it. And it's also, um, it doesn't have a lot of side effects, to be honest. There's no, there's no medication. There's no nothing. It's completely natural. Worst it can do nothing huh so it's kind of fun to try and people are i'm usually now it's start to change but people will be like i've tried everything and but now i'm coming to see you because i don't know what else to do and it's kind of a compliment in a way because they're still coming to see me mm -hmm. and then they're like oh why i did not do that before like now i feel great like yeah and the afraid of needle is another thing right yeah I used to be terrified of needles. I kind of, I kind of got over it when I, like, had kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, had, I had like a my Rh level in my blood is negative, okay. and so it means that you just have to get a couple extra needles like during your pregnancy, and yeah. then on top of that, you're just getting tons of blood tests and whatever. Yeah. So I just had to get over it. Yeah, but it's not helps, the but... same needles at all. And there's actually acupuncture points, um, like for anxiety and stuff. So if someone is a bit more anxious than usual when they come see me, I'll start with points to relax. So oh, before whoa. doing anything else, I'll put some needles in to make you feel more calm. So you'll already feel like, oh, I'm kind of, not buzzed, but like, this feels great. And you're laying down. Mm -hmm. So like, there's nowhere you can go. You, you, you cannot fall. So I'll start with a couple of points to relax the mind. And then I'll do the treatment. And if someone is particularly afraid, I'll stay with them the whole treatment. I won't leave them with needles in and be like, okay, see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> and then they're like, uh-oh, I can't move. I have like needles. <laughs> oh, I'll just sit next to you. I'll write on your file and I'll like dim the light and then I'll put some music on so you can actually relax during the treatment. And I, But I'll stay with you. So if you feel uncomfortable in any way, you can be like, hey, Nadia, can you remove this? Or I don't, I don't feel good. Or it feels more secure, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then, so you put the needles in and then the person just lays and relaxes yeah, for a while? for about 20 minutes, the needles will remain in the body. Okay. Um, depending on the age also, because when it's like children and like, um, I don't know if there's any age, like particularly, but young kids for sure. And like young teenagers, you don't leave the needle in, you, man you put the needle in, you manipulate it and you take it out because of body of a child is more reactive and more ready for it adult oh. it's about 20 minutes the treatment with the needle in okay um the treatment is about an hour because when the person comes in you talk about um what they want to do and all that stuff okay so the first treatment is an hour and a half actually because i take the time to well we fill out the the boring paperwork <laughs> we fill out the boring paperwork about like address and all that stuff like your name and and then we discuss why you're there, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then I go through an array, array of questions about if it's a physical pain, we'll discuss it more further. But I'll also ask questions about your emotional state. 
um, everything in your body, like bowel movements, I'll ask questions about that. Uh, your sleep, your energy level. Um, I'll look at your tongue as an acupuncturist. When you do Chinese medicine, we'll look at the person's tongue. What? What, what can you tell yeah. from your tongue? <laughs> Everything. Seriously? Um, I have a weird tongue. Everyone does. That's <laughs> true. I have a geographical tongue. Oh. So it's all like cracked and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Does that say something? Yes. About I know exactly what it says. It's a yin deficiency usually with... Sometimes empty heat, that's how they call it in Chinese medicine. What does that mean? So it's a bit less fluid in your body, so it doesn't hydrate your tongue enough. So that's why it's kind of cracks, probably red. So that's heat in your body as well. So people that have a lot of yin deficiency or heat are um, sleeps are usually light sleepers or like sleep a bit less and overthinks. (laughs) (laughs) And also, yeah, so all that stuff, it's it's just like before the medicine, they did not have x-ray machine like 2000 years ago. And right. so that was the tongue is an internal, it's considered kind of an internal aspect of your body because um, it's inside your body. So they could detect stuff with it. Um, you can detect, um, there's areas like your tongue is, um, there's different areas on your tongue that um, connects with every organ in your body, like your liver your spleen, your heart, your lungs, your large intestine, small intestine. We not we all see where it is on your tongue. So it gives us a good indication of where the problem is kind of arising from. And it also tells you like the fluid state of the body. The body is more a cold version of a hot version. Um, and yeah, it's so fun to do. And like, you almost become obsessed with your own, own tongue as an acupuncturist. Like I look <laughs> at it every morning when I brush my teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a lot you can say with the tongue, and you actually feel it. You see it change throughout the treatment, usually as well, if everything's going good. And we also check the pulse. So a Chinese pulse is a bit different than Western medicine pulse. It's still we, we still feel for the beating of the heart, like the, the regular heartbeat, if it's rapid or slow and all that stuff. But we also feel both arm and we feel at three places on each wrist and each places represents some organs in your body and the flow of circulation of energy and blood and fluid in that organ. So that with your tongue, if it correlates with the same thing, we kind of know where it originates. So it makes any sense? Yes. Okay. My mom's a reflexologist. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I am too, so, by the way. What? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> ah! Yeah, yeah. So everything reflects on the bottom of the feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all microsystems. Like everything is a microsystem of something else. Yes. So it's the same principle with the tongue. Same thing. That that is incredible. And usually the tongue will reflect also the feet. If you're a flexologist, it's going to be like, oh, there's something with um, that organ or there's a pain there. And then if you're on the foot as well, it's going to be at the exact exact spot as well. So it's it correlates, a, it, and then if you take the pulse, and it says the same thing as well, you you know kind of the treatment plan you want to go for. Wow, mm-hmm. that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got to do this. I've got to. <laughs> so okay. I I'm I, a acupuncturist. I'm also like during the three years that I studied, I wanted to touch a lot of natural medicine and kind of blend them all together. So I did acupuncture, reflexology. So I'm certified. Um, with the Canadian associations for both. I'm also a Reiki teacher and master, so I wanted to feel like talk more about the energies because of acupuncture deals a lot with the meridians and the electrical part of the body. So just wanted to dabble a bit in that part as well. And I did some tuning fork therapy as well, which is with the uh, music therapy of your body and the earths, like the different earths uh, frequencies. And how it heals and how it can heal. So all of them together, like when you come for a session with me, I'll do acupuncture. But if I feel like you need maybe a couple of a tuning fork and herbs on your body, I can do it on the needle because I can make the, the needle vibrate to a certain frequency, which is super cool. What? And like all the, I blend them all together to make it like the best treatment for someone. But they all work together. It's They're amazing, like... Um, modalities to work with. Wow. Okay, I recently was having a conversation with someone who um, practiced Reiki. Mm-hmm. 
I, but I still have like a lot to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a, a bit of a, oh God. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's all energetics really. Um, it's, a, there's, it's such a vast thing that you can talk about with days and days. It works a lot with chakra, the, the Reiki system. Yeah. Okay. And if you're brought at a certain, it all, it all comes back to if there's something not moving right into your body, you're going to have a disease basically. So like it can, you can look at it with your vein perspective. If you have good blood flow in your vein, you're going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have good fluid movement in your body as well, you're going to be healthy because it's, it all moves. So if like at some point you have like a sore shoulder or something, your circulation in that spot might be a lesson. So moving energy and blood and fluids and all that during in that region, if it's if it moves better, it's going to heal faster and better. Okay. So mm-hmm. like I have an autoimmune disease. Okay. It's just alopecia. Okay. So I'm not what, sure I know what that is. It's when you lose your hair. So, okay. Yeah. So I was losing patches, like patches of hair on the back, the back of my head for mm-hmm. a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started taking antidepressants, it actually stopped. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Tell me, tell me why it makes because, sense. Because like <laughs> emotions and the body are not disconnected; they're together. So sometimes, if you cannot find like an actual physical symptom of something, try to look at your emotions how they are how they are feeling. I was reading the other day, like like fibromyalgia, for example, is sometimes yeah. it's really linked with loneliness. If you're feeling lonely, you're but and even that like I'm saying that and I like I don't want people to like be like, well, what is she saying? Even the ads on TV now for depression, your body aches. Remember right. they say like yes. what what's the there's like a, a like a slogan that they talk about or anyways, when you have depression, sometimes your body aches. But it's not because you you hit it somewhere or you overstretch or it's because you're depressed and your body starts to feel achy and yes. painful. Yes. It's, they're together. They're not separate. Like emotions and body are not two different entities. They're together and they should be working together. When you feel happy and you don't feel really like a lot of pain. When you're like excited about something, you have more energy, right? Yes, that's true. It kind of goes with it. Yes. <laughs> totally and even the same sense. with the head and the, like the mind and the body. People always talk like, it's all in my, my, my head. It's not in my body, but your, your head is part of your body. Your veins that are flowing blood through your body connects to your brain. It's the same body. It's not one and the other. So treat the body. It's, we're going to treat the mind. Treat the mind and it's going to treat the body. Ah, I like, I love that. Ah, I love it too. I really do. And even like um, thinking about like positive thinking, I'm all for positive thinking. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But for example, depression. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that if you could talk, think happy thoughts every day, you would? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a no, like, it's, no, like, if I could be happy all day, I totally would. Don't you get that I can't? Yes. So, like, what if instead of trying to train your mind, because obviously people, all everyone cannot, mm-hmm. train your body and trick the mind. Just blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh sometimes gosh. I'm like, well, yeah. So you you tried everything else. Yes. Now let's try to train the body, like the A pose, like to take more space in your own um, smile more, even though you don't feel like smiling, because it's going to send a signal to your brain that you're happy, even though you're not. And little things like that can you can kind of like backdoor your brain through your body. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's that's why I went into Chinese medicine and acupuncture for psychological aspect of it because I know that way before my brain swell, I know that I was feeling it in my mind that something was wrong. And people were like, "You're just stressed. You're just stressed. Relax. You're just like, no. I know that I'm stressed. I know there's something going. I know. And then when I lost my eyesight, they were like, "Oh yes, well duh." Right. Yeah. Because you already knew. <laughs> yeah. I already knew that was something that was not functioning right. And it was not just in my mind. It was my body. That was like inflammation, you know, that was not doing right. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think um, 
I think that there is a lot to be said for the way that you feel like, and it's so important. Like, I think, I feel like every podcast I talk about how much I love my doctor. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I love my doctor. Well, you should, yeah, and you, that's and, a great relationship to have. Like to love your doctor, you're, you're lucky. I, and right. Then, you're, and it's, you've, you've. I feel one thing about the doctor that's really, you're probably lucky with is that she listens or he listens. That's exactly it. She listens. Okay. And so when I say something, anything that I say, she, she knows me well enough that she's like, I, I know you and I know that what you're saying right now, that totally makes sense because mm-hmm. of this, this, and this. And yes. so I know that we need to do this. Yes. And People need to be heard more. Yes. Know? Like she takes me seriously. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, ah. Yes. Like I, I, and just the amazing. fact that you can talk, just that makes you feel better. Like that's one first small step of yes. being heard. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, it relieves a weight just being like, hey, I said how I feel and I feel better. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had that experience today. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it was like, I talked about some like really dark stuff from my past and it was like, and it got like, I was like crying and bawling, like had snot just like, good, run good, it, right? Because it came like, out. Because it just, it came out and it was something that like I didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, I was just getting it out. And it came out physically too, right? And it Ah, it totally did. <laughs> Not just emotionally, because you were talking about it, but this this thing that we feel, this emotion that you know you feel it like a wave and it comes over you, it's gonna affect your body if you don't listen to it eventually. If you always keep like if you feel a wave coming and you're like, no, no, it's not. I'm gonna stop it right there. Yeah, you can stop it only so many times before it's your body's like, okay, well, I'm gonna give her pain or give him pain in the arm now because like. I don't know what to do with this. Like it's an it's kind of an electrical charge. It's something that wants to come out, but you don't let it, so it's always suppressed. So eventually, it's going to come out in something else. Yes, absolutely. I yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. And like, and yeah, when I like let this out today, it was like, ha, <sighs> you breathe better, breathe better, right? Yes. Oops. Physically, <laughs> you breathe better. Your shoulders are like ah, relax. Yes. <laughs> yeah uh-huh. oh that's just that is in, like that just it it really blows my mind and it's like important it's, to like not treat emotions to treat emotion as equally as body because they're both one have you ever had someone that don't feel like no everyone feels everyone feels something some kind of feeling of something yeah it's part of being human i guess yes Mm -hmm. and and it's like when you ignore your feelings for so long then it yeah it does it comes out physically it It totally does does. i like it can take years though but it will yes Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's exactly what happened with me with the alopecia like it was something that um it was basically like i my grandmother died and yeah and i was really really close with her and I kind of, I used her as basically as a crutch, really. Like okay. um, when I was like, I was depressed, but I wasn't dealing with it. The only way I was dealing with it was by talking with her. Oh. And so when she died, it was like all of a sudden like, oh, it's now it's back you in me, right? You lost your voice. Yeah. And then I, and then what, less, less than a week later, I found this giant bald spot on the back of my head. Well, there you go. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> right? So like, you cannot lay it out through your mouth. So your head was like, well, I'm going to remove some hair right there. <laughs> That's going to look cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, oh my gosh. And the stress of passing as well. Like the stress of her passing can yes. be just the stress as well. Like yeah. That. Like, like exactly. That, yeah. And then, and then every year um, around the anniversary of her death, I'd find a, another bald spot on the back of my head. And then mm. it wasn't until I started taking medication that then it was like, oh. Oh, yeah, exactly. And medications are good, too. People need to stop being afraid of saying that they take, like, people, they say, every, like, a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I had pain there. I took a Tylenol. No one will judge people taking a Tylenol. And you say, oh, I'm taking an antidepressant. Oh, that's something else. Yeah, you know? right. There's yeah. like a kind of a stigma around it about taking, like, 
pain medical medical uh, medication for your brain and not your body, but the brain is the body. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, this, like you, we have to remove that stigma of like the brain is the brain and the body is the body. Like everyone has a head on their shoulders. It's the body. It's part of the body. <laughs> it's part of the body. Oh, that totally makes sense. That makes sense. And it's like, and it's funny because like we, like our brains are like there's just so much going on in there that we can't see. And so it just like, so it freaks people out because it's like, I can't understand like what is actually going on and what, what are you medicating? Mm-hmm. Like you can't see what you're medicating. And mm-hmm. so, and so it's like, there's no blood test that you can take for depression, like to see if you have depression. Not yet. I wonder if there will be. I kind of wonder as well. Like probably there, I have like, you there have to, to assume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it will freak, it will freak certain people out when I say that, I'm on medication and it's like, and I'm like, I'm not on a light dose. Yeah, <laughs> Like it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty heavy dose, but it's just because like, I guess you need it. I think I need it. Like exactly. my, my brain's not producing that. So it's I easy to judge it. when you've never been in someone else's shoes. Yeah, it is. It oh, So like yes. it can happen to everyone. It can happen. Like, just like you can break an arm, like, there's a, your, your situation in your life can change tomorrow. You can lose a loved one. You can lose your job. You can have something stressful happen or, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the depression phase of your life and stuff. And then mm. it can happen to anyone. No one, no one is like, um, safe from it. So instead of always judging and everyone has a story behind it, just yes. support, listen, help, you know, like, oh. There's so much more than, than just the stigma around like, oh, I'm taking a pill for my brain. It's, it's the same. You feel better? You feel better. Yeah. This is like such a refreshing <laughs> conversation. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so so you said that you have had like anxiety. Yeah. And did you say you, d- you had depression as well? I think um, I did a bit, but for me, it was more anxiety than depression. Yeah. But they come kind of in pairs. They're kind of lovers, those two. <laughs> yeah, <they kind laughs> so you're, for me, it was I was anxious and the depressed part of it was more like, why am I like that? Why can I not just be normal and not overthink stuff? And so that was more like the beating myself up because I was anxious. But I was okay. not really like depressed. I cannot get out of bed or like the depressive side of like seeing having dark thoughts and all that stuff. I was more anxious um, um, around too many people or uh, like a cl- kind of a claustrophobia in a way of like too many people, too many sounds, being stuck in a room mm-hmm. um, from as far as I can remember, like before kindergarten. Really? Yeah, I've always been like that. Like even when I was young, young, and I remember walking across the street with my mom, and I was probably like three years old, and so many cars and so many sound, and it would always freak me out. And then when I started school, like uh, like first grade, and um, I was always trying to find ways to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like yeah. my tummy hurts, or it didn't. It didn't. It's just because like. I could not, I could not bear the thought that I had to ask to come out of the room. Like I would feel so like stuck in that room, in that classroom. So I could not, li- like I, I could not listen to the teacher, like teach. I was always like, oh, I'm stuck in here. I, I was always like freaking out about being stuck. Amazing. All the time. Yeah. And it went through like with me all, well, through all my high school as well. And even though like, thank God I was kind of, popular i'm putting that in bracket in (laughs) high school because like people accepted me for me but they did not know i was anxious so i can kind of um, play with the fact that i was like i had many friends and i was cool and but in the back of my mind was hell like the whole school time till grade 12 was like i was stuck always needed to go out like i was stuck in those classrooms university changed because you can just get up and go and come ah. back when you want. So even though it's still in a classroom, it's still I did not have the feeling of being stuck there. So I was like, I aced through school, but university was another thing because I could actually relax my mind and listen. Because if I needed to go, which I never did, I could. Huh. Uh-huh. So just just knowing that if you needed would, to go, you could. Yeah, the claustrophobic part of it, I guess. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was always anxious like that my whole life, like around people, too many people. And 
And and yeah, when the anxiety heightened, it was not just around too many people. It was around myself. It was around like every, everything was way too amplified. And I knew then that it was something else going on. And there was. And there was. There was. Absolutely. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you were taking medication to... Oh, I never took medication until... Um, me until I got I went to my doctor for that and I was like okay this is way too bad and then put me on medication but it wasn't actually what you needed it was not what I needed but they they couldn't know you know like it was like right. there was no real symptom I'm pretty sure if they would have scanned my brain then maybe they didn't couldn't see anything or but through school the way I got through it was through reading because when I read even if I was in a space full of people I could get away huh so that's how I got away. I read. I read a lot, like in school during the class. I would have my book and read, like. But as long as my my grades were there, the teacher would not bother me. So I would just do my things and read. So by reading, I would escape. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then, would you say that you have a pretty uh, wild imagination? Oh, I do. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And, and it helps me with acupuncture as well, because you have to think of outside the box a lot with protocols. You have to follow certain protocols for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But then there's always that one little needle that you can maybe put somewhere else that would trigger the whole um, thing. Like someone came to see me once with... Um, it's not vertigo labyrinth. It's, it's like when you... Uh, you have like your head spins so much. You have like in your ear infection. Yeah, or that some... is, yeah that's vertigo. Vertigo. Okay. Yeah. So someone came with me for that. So I treated them. And that was during student clinic. I treated them the, the protocol. I did the exact thing the book was saying. And they were feeling better. Like they were on the table. And when they moved their eyes, they could feel that they would their head was spinning. So I did the protocol. They could feel it still. But there was maybe like... A, 15, 20% left of it. The rest was kind of gone with the protocol. And I was like, maybe I could add something more. And I was like thinking outside the box. And it's like, maybe if I put one in the ear, that's where it starts, right? And there's like needles, like there's auricular acupuncture. So I looked for a point that was a balancing point in the ear. That was not written in any book. And I put that in and it went away instantly. The person was like, oh, it's gone. Whoa. It's gone. And I was like, yes. So imagination helped me with that for sure. And I don't know, like I I, I write a lot too. So yeah, writing is like a huge thing for me. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love writing too. Yeah. It's so, well, it, it's an escape, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could sit down and write like all day. Yeah. Well, not me, not all day, but a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been writing on, I have a, I have actually a blog that I write in and I've been writing on it for like eight years now. And I wrote about anxiety and trying to destigmatize anxiety and all that stuff. And I actually, but I write more, it's more like poetry and fiction and and love and romance and all those things. (laughs) I love writing poems. Me too. Yeah. I love it. We're like Ah. best friends now. I know. (laughs) I feel like I've found like one of my soulmates. (laughs) That's so cool. So, okay, so then um, one question I like to ask everybody okay. is, what does it look to you to be mentally healthy? Freedom. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's freedom of being able to go wherever you want to go without overthinking it. It's being able to be who you want to be without the fear of being judged. And it's just breathing better physically, too, like having like mm. the ability to breathe deep breaths. Yeah, it's freedom. And that's what I want to, like, I'm actually working on my website now for the, the acupuncture thing. And I want to play with that word in it. Like, let me, like being free of mobility or pain or like stress or freedom. Healthy mind is freedom. I love that. <laughs> freedom. Yeah. What would it look like to be absolutely free? I like that. Mm. Yeah, I've been thinking so much about that too, mm. because I've just been thinking about all this stuff that I've been carrying around with me and how like I'm slowly shedding it, shedding mm-hmm. it, shedding it. 
becoming more free. So what what's your word usually? Do people ask you what is your word? Have you it, does it? And it can change too. Like I'm sure you'll ask me the same question in 10 years. I'll tell you a completely different yeah thing that resonates here. And I and I love that. I love mm. having the the freedom <laughs> <laughs> to change your mind. Yes, absolutely. And everyone could and can. And the freedom to change your life, change your career. Yes. The freedom to change. Mm-hmm. And because I find that like we get so stuck in this um, this idea that we need to stick to it, you know, be consistent, which yeah, I know like there's, a, I feel like we just, it, yes, it is important to be consistent, but not in this, not necessarily in the way that we feel like what it means, not in the way that we think it means. It's, it's not supposed to be a burden to be consistent and yeah. be like, feel like a homework or no, like you have to be, you're okay. If it's like you decided to do this and then midway you're like, I don't like this anymore. Well, it's okay to not like it and it's okay to change. You tried and you did something else. So, so what's your word? What's your, your. Yeah. So then how would I define it? Yeah. So yeah, I've been asked it this once before and honestly, I can't even remember what I said. So I, maybe I will cha- have changed my <laughs> mind by then. Yes. then. Um, my idea is what it means to me is to be able to ask for help whenever you need it. Mm, yes. And talk, like have the safety of a community where you can very freely talk about anything that's on your mind and not be judged. Mm-hmm. Like just li- living without shame. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that and- would be a big thing. Have you find that when you feel when you live your true self, like real true self, with like all the weird thoughts sometimes you think or say aloud or like the geeky <laughs> things you you do or whatever, uh-huh. people are truer to you as well. I, yes, I find that the people that like you know I've been so afraid to be open and vulnerable with people, but then the people that I've done that with, which is a very select few, mm-hmm. but the people that I've done that with have been like. They are my closest, most best friends. Like Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it turns out like I haven't been rejected for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And <laughs> what if you would have, you know, maybe they were not your friends to begin with. Or what yeah. I've found too with like being true and all that stuff. Um, I've started being true and really um, myself with my parents, for example. Yeah. So like sometimes your parents, they, they have a certain expectation of you and like, but like now that I'm older, I'm I wanted to have like a true relationship, like with my mom or with my dad, and I wanted them to see like the best gift you can give them, like your your mom, right? Yes. Um, the best gift you can give them is the gift of who you really are, so they get the chance to know the real you, not the one that they want you to be, yes. but the real you, like the your fears and your insecurities and like the people you date and the like everything and when I started really telling my mom having like deep conversation with my mom about life and all that stuff she opened up to me in ways that I didn't even like she was my mom yes but she was like not a friend but she was I don't know more more true like we had a truer kind of relationship and I was like okay you should and yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but it, after, the truer you are to, to yourself and to people around you, the more they'll show you their real colors as well. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. And it's, But it's funny because it's just not something that we You're figure just, out. We're easily. always scared. Yes. But you start with one and try it and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And then if it feels great and you have like all of a sudden a great buddy or best friend, or, well, start with second one and a third one and... There's so many people that feel the same way. You'll mm-hmm. find your own people in your crowd, in your community. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. This was so... I I love this. We're reaching the end of the podcast. That happened so Already? fast. <laughs> Already. <laughs> it wow. happened so fast. That was... Uh, this was so great. Maybe we'll do a round two sometime. You're <laughs> up for it. Oh, yeah. I'm up for it. Okay. Part two. Part two. The sequence. Yeah. The sequence? Yeah. Uh, sequel. Sequel. The yeah. sequel. Madia, yeah. the sequel. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we'll have to do that. Get more into, oh my goodness, I don't even know. We'll figure that out. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, that was fun. That was my first broadcast ever. Yeah, 
Yeah. I feel so honored. Oh, well, thank you. I feel so honored to be here. Like, this just felt so fluid. Like, I met you, and then all of a sudden, I'm here. And <laughs> then we're going to do a sequel. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fun. I really like this. Thank you. I really like this, too. It makes... It gives me energy. Like, it gives me life. Me, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Like, because today, I was like kind of like I was okay but a little low energy just because of the the conversation that I had like mm-hmm. so you know it so it happened today that it happened today yeah earlier wow today. yeah okay. and then all of a sudden you came over and I was like ah okay yeah let's do this <laughs> so thank you thank you this was awesome good I'm, I'm so glad and to, to everybody who's listening thank you so much and um just remember that wherever you are I truthfully mean this. Wherever you are, I'm just sitting here loving you. So have a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, night, and I'll be talking to you again soon. Bye.